Hi, I'm Stephanie Glass, and you're listening to the Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you so much for tuning in. I have a special, 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 special thing for you guys today, um, which is different from the other specials because every guest is special, yes. But today we are doing a first in the Chasing Dreams podcast. My guest is actually in the studio today, which I've never had happen before, and you know, which is proven by the fact that she had to help me figure out the mic setup. And so my friend Stephanie Glass is here, and she is an information technology manager who's experienced in IT staff and infrastructure management. She's done it for archives, libraries, state and federal government agencies, universities, nonprofits. She's done it all. She's currently head of technology systems for a nonprofit here in Philadelphia and has previously held positions as a digital archivist, technical services librarian, and a system administrator. Sounds like a lot, right? I'm not done. When she's not working in IT or library science, Stephanie is a performer who specializes in film acting, singing, and choreography. She choreographs in modern cabaret and pop hip-hop dance. In addition to her dance experience, Stephanie also studies martial arts, including jujitsu, kickboxing, and taekwondo, and has even composed fight choreography for film. Here's the best part. She recently won a Best Supporting Actress Award at the Miami Web Fest for the web series Walk of Shame in October 2015, and she is also nominated for that same web series as Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Award at the Indie Series Awards, which is going to be held in April 2016 in L.A., and I can't wait to hear that she's won that one, too, because I'm very (laughs) positive about this. She's going to do it, and so... Guys, welcome Stephanie Glass. Thank you. I'm just happy to be nominated. It's all- that was very, I, I, be- I believed it. That's what I'm supposed to say. I think you would say that too, though, in general, knowing I'm you. Just, no, I'm actually really just excited to be nominated. It's 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 so surprising. I mean, at, the, so same, nice. at the same time, you, you already won one. I know. I, I can't be greedy. You, you, you got to, well, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens because that same role, right? I mean. I know. It was a fun series to do. It yes. Was a fun and and we do. will talk about the series. Before yeah. we get to that, though. Yes. So Steph and I actually go back a ways. We've known each other for... 1998. Okay. When you put it out there with a number. <laughs> when you put it... We're num- old. <laughs> you put a number out there. Um, so a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And pretty much college. And so um, you didn't graduate with us, though, Steph. I didn't. Not at the same time. And, and it was worrisome for us because mm-hmm. we honestly, at at some point, thought, hey, she's not going to finish, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, you know, when you put so many years into college, you, you kind of want a, some kind of payoff. And we weren't sure you were going to try and get that. Right. Was that ever a concern for you? It was. Um, kind of finding 
where I wanted to go in college was was a struggle. Um, when I was growing up, uh, my mother did a great job of kind of getting us interested, me and my sisters interested in both like the arts and the sciences. You know, so we went to like science lessons, you know, but then we were also in dance classes and things like that. When I went to college, I always thought that I would be, you know, somehow involved in the sciences. I thought I knew what I wanted to do. Um, but then I guess like a lot of folks, I got into college and I was like, mm, I don't know, like this isn't quite, you know, biochemistry maybe isn't what I'm thinking, you know, and I, I ended up switching my major a couple times just trying to explore and find uh, what my niche was going to be. Um and then eventually I stumbled upon uh, information systems and um, you know, like IT wasn't something that I had had a lot of experience with. And so it was something new. And thankfully that was the thing that I really latched onto. And then at the same time, I, um, I picked up a dance minor also. Uh, but there was a point for me um, where I was feeling really discouraged, you know, and I talked to my mom and I was like, you know, as most kids try to do when they're struggling. <laughs> hey, parents know things. They do. And my mom is, is super smart. And um, she I was telling her that I was I was kind of discouraged. You know, should I should I just try to be should I just try to dance for a while? I'll try to do that professionally. And she really encouraged me to stick with it. Uh, because she said stick with dance or stick with stick with stick with college and finish, mm -hmm. you know, because she said that no matter um, when you love something, you know, you'll continue to do it. So you don't it doesn't have to be either or you don't have to give up on college, you know, to pursue something else. You can do what you love, you know, while you're doing other things. And so that was something I really took to heart. Finished my degree. That's great advice. It is fantastic. It's, it's not something that a lot of people know. <laughs> Right. I mean, a lot and of people think it's either or. Yeah. And, and, and for a lot of folks, you know, they make the decision where it is either or. And there's a lot of um, truth to the starving artist concept, you know, where it's like you give up everything for your art. But, you know, I like to be able to pay my bills. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm not mad at you for that. I can hear that. Mm -hmm. So I've basically been living like, you know, a, a dual track life where I've had my my IT career. You know, and I actually uh, went on to get my master's degree in library science. Um, and then I've also been pursuing kind of in parallel, um, you know, performing, acting, modeling, things like that. So it's been it's been a very interesting ride. And I appreciate that advice my mom gave me, you know, it's it's solid advice. And one you guys should pay attention to if you're ever struggling with two conflicting passions. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I don't think you have to give it up. Why? Yeah. And, and I've noticed that. um especially for something like uh, the performing arts, uh, it's easy to suffer from burnout. You know, I feel like I have kind of like a torrid love affair with performing. You know, sometimes we get along really well and it's all I want to do. Sometimes we hate each other and like I, I'm like, <laughs> I slam doors in its face and I'm like, don't even talk to me. You know, so trying to make a living off of something where, you know, it can be kind of volatile, your relationship right. with it. Is very challenging and it can take a lot of the fun out of performing when you have to pay your rent based off of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because the stress level is probably overpowering it. It is. And things don't always, uh, there are a lot of things that are out of your control. Yeah. You know, you audition for a lot of jobs. You don't get a lot of those jobs. And if you're also worrying about how am I going to pay my rent too? Yeah. That can be, that can be a, a, a big challenge. 
Now, before we go to the the second passion you have in your life, let's talk a little bit about library science because yes. I don't know about many of my listeners, but I know before I knew you, one of the things is I had no idea there was a library science. Yes, yes. Can you talk a little bit about what that is? Absolutely. So, um, librarianship is is a wonderful field full of very passionate and amazing people. Um, unfortunately, sometimes we get the stereotype of like the lady with like the bun in her hair and like the reading glasses with a shushing finger that's like telling you to be quiet at the library. Like you know. And <laughs> when in when in actuality, um, uh, librarianship. Well, number one, it's important to note that librarianship is a working masters. So a lot of those ladies that you think of with shushing fingers um, have master's degrees in their field. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so. Um, the area in which I focus, because you can focus in different areas, you can focus on youth libraries, public libraries. Um, I'm on the digital side of that. Okay. So there are a lot of librarians who are on the forefront of um, end user technologies uh, that help to serve people uh, in their information seeking. And so there are people who have librarianship degrees who are doing um, coding, web development. They're doing research. You know, They're uh, investigating... Um, usability, human-computer interaction, librarians are amazing. Um, so clearly what you're saying is librarians do more than just look up books. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, consider my mind blown at this moment. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. It's about you know helping people um, find information, either in a physical or a digital atmosphere. And there's a lot of technology. There's a lot of forward thinking and innovative ideas that go along with that. So do these, the master's program, because you went through it, mm -hmm. is it a, a four-year program? Is it? It's a two-year program. Okay. And uh, some folks will either have a thesis um, or a capstone project. Mm -hmm. Since my focus was on the digital realm, I had a capstone project where I built um, databases at the end of it. This is so interesting <laughs> to me. I mean, so librarians, I right? <laughs> honestly, I mean, I think we're so accustomed to them uh, being so helpful. Mm -hmm. That we forget that it's not necessarily, and it's not just natural, it probably is to an extent natural for them to be so helpful, but to librarians in colleges and universities, law schools, regular public libraries, right. private libraries, they've all have a master's? Uh, yeah, and actually most of them? of them, and a lot of librarians, especially uh, where I work, they have not just one master's in library science, they also have a subject matter expertise in another field. So somebody at a law, a library, they probably have a JD and an MLIS. Yeah. Librarians are crazy smart people. And they're also huge um, advocates of like First Amendment rights. You know, librarians are very, very passionate. Like the, the stereotype of the lady with a shushing finger is like inaccurate. so archaic. Yeah, yeah. So, so inaccurate. Wow. God. So what you're saying also is... If you haven't, if you, for some wild reason, you guys aren't already, uh, respect your local librarian. Mm -hmm. I mean, they went through a lot to get where they are. Absolutely. And no idea. Yeah. Go hug a librarian. Tell them thank you. You know? I mean, I mean don't if, make sure that they're comfortable with guys. <laughs> comfortable with hugging. Just hug them anyway. Just hug some them anyway. Some people, you know, are a little standoffish. <laughs> a handshake, a high five, a letter of thanks. You know, whatever you got to do. But I think you're right. I think librarians don't get enough credit right. for what they're doing. Right. And they're they're trying to make sure like a lot of what's talked about in the field is making sure that libraries, um, 
the public understands how relevant libraries are and can continue to be, and especially how they can help serve communities. So a lot of libraries are bringing um, uh, more public services into the library. So there's more events. They'll have like, you know, events for like makerspace. They'll have, some of them even have like yoga classes, like anything to keep people as public libraries specifically to keep people coming into the library so that they know libraries are still relevant. It's not all about paper books. Wow. You know, and, and the thing is, you can also find information and find critical information in ways other than just searching Google. You know, I think that the just what you can find. What do you mean you can find information outside of Google? (laughs) Just perusing the Internet isn't the only way to find information. um, And it's not the only way to have information that's uh, uh, presented to you. You know, that's actually probably a good point. We should mention for those who were born after Google's invention, uh, you know, back in the day, people like me and Stephanie had to go to the library and use these things called what were they called books? books? Yeah, I think that was books. I think, and, yeah. and you, you know there were there were things like microfiche, mm-hmm. microfilm, know? microfiche, reel to reel. Librarians were a godsend. Yes, encyclopedias. Encyclopedias. Yes, we had a set at home. Oh my goodness! You know, you would use those to do research. You know, for for papers. And, and journals and newspapers and mm-hmm. biography. It was amazing, guys. There was a way for people to survive and find things before Google. Yes. I mean, I know you don't believe me, <laughs> but this is why you should respect your parents and, and librarians and everyone. Because, you know, they were able to do that stuff before Google was around. Right. Or Wikipedia. That's correct. We should kind of put that out there. Yeah. Before Wikipedia mm-hmm. and anyone could put out anything and change anything. Right. You know, mind blown, guys. Again, there's a lot. And librarians can still help you find accurate sources of information, even using Internet sources now, too, because just something just because something's on the Internet doesn't mean that it's invalid either. And so I actually took in my master's program, I actually took a a full class on um, finding information and finding legitimate sources and helping people to find legitimate sources uh, on the Web. That's actually a good point. Mm-hmm. And, and one um, I've talked about on my own website is that, you know, there is information that is accurate. Doesn't yes. mean that all information that you find on the Internet is accurate. That is true. So, I mean, there's a the example I used is a picture of at the moment. I, I, th- I think it was Gandalf and it was saying a quote by Yoda. It was a <laughs> quote by Yoda crediting Dumbledore. <laughs> But with a picture of Gandalf. I love it. Right? Yes. So every every sci-fi nerd out there gets frustrated Yeah, I'm this, sure they're tearing their hair out. Right? Because it's driving them nuts. Because everything about this photo... Completely wrong. ...is completely wrong. And um, I'll, I'll share a link to that article I wrote about that. Because it's true. If you go ahead and you had no idea who these people were, you would believe yeah. that this person was Yoda, but it was Gandalf... And you're calling him Dumbledore. Yep. It, it's it's weird. But at the same time, you can't not trust the internet. It's a fine line. It, <laughs> it's just so easy to... Um, the thing is, the internet is, is fantastic because um, it can bring down some barriers to accessing information. Oh, absolutely. You know, but there is still an information gap. There's still a gap for people. Like, not everybody's on the internet. Not everyone has access to that. 
And so that's something also that um, librarians advocate for is that are the people who live in that gap. Because just to assume that all you need is a website and everything can be found on the internet and that's fine for everyone isn't always true because there are people who don't have that access. And that's a great place for where um, public libraries can, uh, can assist people. They can help fill that, that gap for them and provide them with um, more accessibility to the internet. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, it's not true that everybody has access to the same resources or the same privileges uh, someone else does. Mm-hmm. And so being able to do something in all aspects in different ways is important. Absolutely. What happens if the power goes down? What would you do if you did have access to Google? If the power went down, you have no internet. Your report is due on Thursday. Right. And it's Tuesday. Well, you better go to your local library. I know. Your professor doesn't want to hear, oh, my power went out. So I couldn't do any research for that. Although some of you may try. Don't do it. I know. (laughs) Don't do it. Journals are still printed. Like some of them are still printed in in, uh, paper format too. Yes. I have a, a friend who is a professor at college. She'll be on the show later, and um, we'll, we'll get her to share some fun stories she gets from students who try and get away with things. That'll be hilarious. Ooh, that's good. But you know her, Kyla. Kyla yeah. will be on oh, the show. Oh, that'll be... Yes. I want to hear all about uh, the ways people try to, you know... Get out of it? Yes. <laughs> and Sub- how it doesn't work. Subterfuge. And how it doesn't work. I know. They try, though. But the, the thing that I find interesting about you, stuff is you got this degree. You're doing library sciences. You're helping people by day. Yes. And then by night and every free <laughs> moment, you're doing this other life, which, again, is a passion. Let's talk about your second passion. Yes. How do you go about doing it? Well, um, I'm like, that's a really good question. <laughs> Actually, I find that um, the more organized I am in my in my kind of daily life, it opens up more free time for me to be able to pursue what I want to do. So, you know, I'll do, you know, this is like the, the, the boring, you know, aspect of it, but I'll do things like, you know, meal prep on Sundays and I'll, you know, I try to condense the time it takes to kind of prepare for life, you know, into as a small amount of time as possible so that the rest of my time, like every evening, like I don't cook at all, like during the weekdays, you know, all of that time is my own. Okay. You know, so if there's something I want to do, something I want to pursue, a rehearsal that I have, um, an audition I want to go to, um, I have the freedom to do that because I kind of try to take all the, the time of getting ready the for life stuff. And, and just squeeze it into a, the smallest amount of time possible. But then also, thankfully, um, I have a job where, you know, let's say there's an audition because let's face it, most auditions, especially for acting, are um, not on nights and weekends. They're, it's a valid point. <laughs> they're Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. And probably not next door. No, and they're in different cities, and you have to be able to go when somebody wants you to go. And even a lot of these uh, like different small like acting jobs or print commercial jobs, um, they're you know, in, in different cities and different states. And if you want to get the work, you have to be willing to travel and be mobile. And go there. Yes, and go there. And and they don't want to hear, oh, I'll get back to you tomorrow if I can make it. That that you have, to say, you have to say yes. You have to commit. You have to commit. You have to say yes. You have to be able to take off of work, which is why a lot of folks end up working jobs where um, maybe in like the service industry where it's like a little bit easier to call off. Um, thankfully, I have enough longevity in my career where it's easy for me to get off of work 
you know, whenever I need to uh, for, for jobs. So, for example, when you went and did the modeling for M&T, which was hilarious because um, if you are in the Northeast, and mm-hmm. I think it's Maryland, Pennsylvania, and parts of New York, possibly. And Delaware. And Delaware. Yep. Um, and if you go to an M&T ATM, you may see Stephanie's face on there. Yes. I know that when I went to an ATM and I was like, huh, I know this girl. Surprise. That's that's a friend of mine. And I texted you and I was like, are, are you modeling? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't work for M&T Bank. I, I did a um, like a... a a commercial modeling job, you know, uh, last year, I want to say. And it's still up now. Yeah. That's, that's almost a year later. Yeah. So yeah, go check out your local M&T bank branch and, uh, <laughs> go to an ATM. It's great. Cause I was like, <laughs> I know someone famous. I mean, you don't always expect to see a friend of yours staring at you as you're getting money for yourself. <laughs> and I, I texted my sister. I was like, Hey, Steph's on M&T. Go get, go get some money from the ATM. You can, you can find her there. And uh, it was great. It, and I was like, I don't know when she did it. Like, right. Was that a long job for you? No, it was just a one day. It was a one day shoot. Did you have to take like time off? Was it- I did. Yeah. I, I want to say I took a day off of work and like traveled to, to go do that one. Not super far, but I think I traveled maybe like an hour and a half. So for anyone interested in, in doing some kind of commercial modeling, do you mind sharing how you found that job? Sure. Um, so especially in the uh, Maryland, D.C., Virginia area, uh, and, and also in Pennsylvania too, there are um, casting agencies. And so basically um, a casting agency doesn't represent an individual they represent a client who's looking for actors or models and so what you would do is you would submit uh your information your credentials your headshot your resume to a a local casting agency and then when they're looking for somebody kind of with your um physical makeup and your talent skill set they'll put a call out you know to see if you're if you're available you know for a particular shoot and the most important thing is, I think, as we touched on earlier, is to commit. You know, if you are available to do a job, you must then do it if you get hired. You know, if you're not available, don't say maybe I can. Like, there's no maybes. Like, either yes or no. Yeah, it's it's either a hard yes or a hard no. Now, do you have to pay these casting agencies no. to do anything? No, no. And that's a, a really important thing to note is that no one should be asking you for money ever these are jobs that you go into and you get paid to do work and so if there's ever a situation where someone's expecting you to pay them for something be suspect (laughs) walk out the door (laughs) like don't don't do it don't do it just say no yes like the thing is i use i use um kind of uh like performing to pay for performing so Mm -hmm. i'll use the money i make on um you know, like modeling jobs, like commercial modeling jobs and things like that. Um, I'll use the money from that to maybe, you know, fund a, a new set of, of uh, I do a cabaret performing and I'll, I'll buy a new set of cabaret fans, you know? So basically acting is my hobby and like the money that I get from it goes back into it. Right. So it's kind of self-funded, mm-hmm. which is great. I mean, you you put this effort, you put this uh, work in to find these jobs. You're having fun, right? Are you happy right now? Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. that's amazing. She's smiling and she's grinning. And if you know <laughs> Steph, like- we're, <laughs> we're having a great time here. Uh, but 
I mean, let's talk a little bit about Walk of Shame. Yes, let's do. Let's, let's, <laughs> out of context, that sounds really terrifying. <laughs> like, let's talk about this horrible thing that you've done recently. And it's, it's not. It's not the Elizabeth Banks movie. No, that no, she did. We're not talking about that. This is a web series. Yes, that you were a supporting actress in. Yes, that is that is correct. And how did you find this? Was this a friend or someone or? Uh, so that one. Um, so not only can you find jobs through casting agencies, there are different websites. Um, and maybe I'll just give them to you at the end if you want to put them up somewhere for people who sure. might be looking for sure, guys, for different acting jobs. Check the show notes and it'll be there. Yeah. Um, so there are a couple websites that people can look into in the, uh, I'd say, Pennsylvania, Maryland, D.C., Virginia, Delaware area um, where they can find non-union work. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so uh, on on one of those sites, I found the opportunity to audition uh, for that web series. And I'm so thankful that I did because it's been a, a wonderful experience. The, the filming of it was, was fantastic and it was a lot of fun. Um, and actually all the episodes are out now. Um, and you can binge watch the entire six episode okay. set and you can find that at walkofshame.tv. The links will be in the show notes yes. guys. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a hilarious, um, kind of take on uh, DJ culture in DC so it's about one crazy night between uh, best friends. One is a fashion intern and the other one's an underground uh, D- uh, DJ and, and just like a crazy night that they have. And so. And so yeah. is, is this one that, I mean, it's brought you accolades that I'm not sure you necessarily went in expecting. Like, I right. didn't even know that there were words given out for web series. Right. So, um, so that kind of, uh, media that kind of format is is very new and there are a lot of um there are a lot more venues now for people to acknowledge each other in that realm so i want to say i went to the uh toronto web fest uh the miami web fest there's one in brooklyn recently um the indie series awards the one that i'm nominated for uh coming up in la is uh, in la so um kind of the community has really um trying to like support each other and support the media format you know for for web series it's a growing industry i mean there's so. there's so many more coming up um would you after your experience with walk of shame would you do it again oh absolutely a different web series i would man i'm still hoping for a season two of walk of shame i'm waiting for a phone call somebody call me <laughs> the, the director brandon russell is, is the writer and director of walk of shame and so he's a fantastic guy and i'm i'm just waiting for him to give me a call so where did where did this take place for you for to to uh film uh it was film it was actually filmed in in various parts of dc and the surrounding suburbs mm-hmm. and so it was very true to um you know it's it's setting we didn't uh you know try to make another city look like dc it was actually filmed you know, in, in DC and, and the surrounding area. That's, and how long did it take? Gosh, how long was the filming? So the thing is, um, usually when you do like an acting job, like the, the lead time, like you'll do your part of it. And then there's so much more that goes into, um, into it. Like, you know, the, you know, the, the production, the editing, the, you know, sound design and all that kind of stuff. So I want to say, the number of days I was actually on set, maybe three or four. Wow. So did you take time off like a a period of time to do this or 
Was this one that you could kind of work into your schedule? Well, at the time, um, that's actually a funny story. At the time, I was actually um, furloughed. Like, I was working for the federal government, and I got furloughed. So I had a little spare time on my hands. Right. <laughs> so so I wasn't really up to much, except for just auditioning for, for acting jobs until they brought me back on. So... That actually worked out, didn't it? It, it worked I mean, out pretty perfectly. I wouldn't have gotten this job. I wouldn't have, you know, it was kind of a blessing in disguise. I was not happy to be furloughed. Well, no. <laughs> at no, all. But at the same time, uh, if you hadn't been, I'm not sure you would, would you have been able to take the time off, you think? or Even if I had, I never would have found the job. Okay. You know, because I wouldn't have been looking. I would have been kind of more focused on work. Right. And they probably would have been hiring or casting. Right. You know, and, and so the thing is... um, yeah, it was the, the furlough was was a blessing in disguise and and opened up so many opportunities for me because of the, the time it allotted me to kind of explore other things to do with my days. Sure. And so, um, yeah, I definitely wouldn't have uh, gotten involved in the web series without that time off. Thank you, federal government. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy to think I missed the pay, but well, sure. Who doesn't? Uh, <laughs> those who, even those who don't have it miss the pay. <laughs> So it's crazy because you now have modeling under your belt. Yes. You have acting under your belt. Yes. You have dance under your belt. You, yes. You've done that professionally? Uh, I mean, I guess if you get paid to do it, that's uh, defined professionally. <laughs> no, that's a valid point. <laughs> what is that definition? mean? I, I, I do it. I love to do it. Sometimes people, right. pay, me, sometimes people pay me to do it. That's a valid point. Yeah. What, what is professional? Yeah. I've taught I've taught dance classes. So in that realm I've done I've been uh paid to paid for my choreography and, and teaching and things like that. So what's next? I mean you've done all this, you've had these different experiences, you have a day job that's helping, you know, pay the bills, so to speak. Right. What's next? Just continuing the way you are? <sighs> Man, that's I know. Yeah, that's I asked the hard time. I know questions. that's a that's a tough one. Boom. Yeah. Um I think in terms of uh in terms of like the performing arts, um, I would actually like to do more with uh, um, fight choreography. Um, I had uh, I had surgery on my shoulder uh, last year, um, just from years of dance and, and martial arts. Um, I had some uh, cartilage damage in my shoulder, and I had my bicep tendon reattached to help me compensate. And that was like about a six month recovery process. So did you did you hurt yourself? There wasn't a specific incident okay. where I hurt my shoulder. Um, it, it was kind of just wear and tear okay. over years of using my body. So um, so it was about a six-month recovery uh, window. Um, and so since now that I'm recovered, I would definitely like to do more with uh, fight choreography uh, for film because I did that and it was a, a lot of fun. And um, there's a little bit of stunt work involved. You know, I was in a... Uh, production. I think the the working title is One Girl. Um, it hasn't been released yet, but I did it with um, a production co- production company called Bad Ferret Films, and I was the fight. Cho- I was the lead actress. I was also the fight choreographer, and I did all my own my own stunts um, in it. And that was it was a short. It was a, a short film. Um, it was a lot of fun to do, and I'd, I'd like to do something like that again. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was neat. And then I kind of had to teach. Um, the other actor, like the uh, my the other lead actor, I had to kind of teach him um, how how, how not to, to how not to hurt me right. when we're <laughs> pretending to fight. We had I, right. I had to tackle him through a doorway, 
you know, and like land on the ground. And, you so, know, it was so we clearly have to keep our eyes open. for this. <laughs> yeah, it was I, I can't wait till it comes out. Like, I'm really excited to, to, to see it, the final product. You'll have to tell us when it when it comes out. And, I will. And we'll yeah. update the show notes so that it reflects that out there. That'd be so exciting. Yeah, that was my first time doing doing fight choreography. Like I was uh, it was exhilarating. I really want to do that again. So Steph, one of the things we do before we wrap up is try to kind of call it your corner. What is yes. what is something, could be anything, a quote, a book, uh, a, a thing to look into. What is one thing or a piece of advice that you would give to someone else who's chasing their dream? Say yes. <laughs> Say yes. Um, I found that uh, in my life, I've I've collected all of this crazy experience, you know, that's kind of piled on top of each other that's led to other opportunities because I've said yes. Um, you know, there was something that somebody was like, oh, do you want to do you want to learn how to do uh, classical Indian dance? You know, and I was like, well, I've never done that before. And instead of saying, you know, oh, I don't know. I don't I don't know right. how to do that. I said, I said, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll, get, I'll, I'll try that. You know, um, you know, oh, there's a free there's a free jujitsu class being held at your job. You know, do you want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I think I'll do that, too. You know, I think saying yes to opportunities that pop up instead of being afraid and saying no um, can lead to so many amazing things. So I'd say say yes more. That's great. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we, t- we take it for, for granted sometimes. Yeah. Fear, fear can keep you from saying yes to things because it's the fear of the unknown of trying something new. Absolutely. You know, it, that can seem scary or you don't want to look silly to, trying something different. But saying yes and not being afraid can lead to amazing things. Steph, I can, I'm so happy you were able to come over here and record Thank you for being on the show and sharing your uh, life adventures and your dream chase with us. And we got to have you back on later. Oh, I'd love to. Thank you once again to Stephanie Glass for taking the time out of her day to come onto the show and share her dream chase story. She has done some amazing things. I can only expect her to be doing more amazing things in the future. So keep your eye out and you can find all the links that she has mentioned in the show notes page at chasingdreamshq.com slash episode 32 that's episode 32 until next time guys keep chasing thank you so much for listening to chasing dreams amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams connect with her on facebook twitter or instagram via at chasing dreams hq or you can find amy on twitter at amy j21 that's a-i-m-e-e-j-2-1 Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing.